This week on Erotic Awakening, being a queer author and all the tentacles. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. We don't have time for all that today. We are currently off on vacation, believe it or not. We are. So, yeah, we're missing all our... Even though we made it into Columbus, we, we're, we're missing our friends. But we're with friends on the cruise. So we are with friends on the cruise good. right now. We are somewhere in the Caribbean. And we apparently recorded this in the past so that we can <laughs> publish it in the future or something. So, something like that. Today on the podcast, we have Christian Pan, a queer author who is going to... T- we have a great conversation with him about not only being a queer author, but how to be successful as one in writing erotica from that perspective. Before we get there, Dawn, you are behind on all these great tentacle links that have been posted oh to you. Oh my gosh. Including oh. a, I really love, so we're going to, I think the tree stump is where we start. The tree stump is where we start. But there's, do, oh, do we have to go back a little further? So, yeah. So, so there's a, oh. Oh, that is so cool. So. Isn't that neat? Yep. We know who this is, yes. but let's say Staten. Staten posted four colored gifts. Um, somebody riding the tentacles. That's a new one. I haven't seen that one. Scroll up. I haven't seen that. Have I seen the t-shirt? Okay. So, and then we've got, oh, <laughs> oh my God. So someone's got like two, two fingers and a girl next to it, like ho-hum. And then someone's showing three fingers and she's got a little moan. And then we've got the whole hand of tentacles and she's drooling. Yes, so, that's from yes. Joyful Wish. Yes, indeed. And then a stump painted as an octopus. Yeah, that is, I so actually really like that. Through. That is I really, really like neat. That it's got one. googly Thank eyes. Yep. Look at that. Thank you, Minotaur. So, and then, of course, Enigma. So that, that's just someone being fucked by tentacles, purple tentacles even. So sloshy, sloshy too. So that's all <laughs> That's all wet and her eyes rolling back true, true. so oh someone did a and this is not tentacles this is and a, i don't a, know if this is this is i the, the caption is i married my slave yesterday i don't know if that's le- we need to ask him yeah we do if that's the literal or because, just saying that's just a great picture that's what i would because title people that are saying congratulations a, and it sounds I'm, like that's legitimate what someone happened. in a wedding dress that is in rope bondage yeah. and you know brad sheba did that Barrick and Brett Sheba during their wedding, they had someone yep. come in and do rope bondage on her around her wedding dress. Well, and that was really cool. So congratulations, Bassanos. Yeah, Bassanos. If this is if this is truly I married my slave yesterday, that is that regardless. It's an amazing picture. Yes. But if you did, congratulations. And then Minotaurus sends a picture <laughs> of a cactus. And this cactus has been shaped to look like a cock. Yes. And it's even got flowers in such a way that it looks, looks like, like a cock. cock. Yes. <laughs> I, don't I do not want to be fucked yes. by that. No. So that is okay. <laughs> it is cute, but don't want to be fucked by it. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you lots go. of good. Get some boots and get some boots and get some boots okay. and get some <laughs> So, Dawn, longtime listeners of the podcast will recognize that we have talked to a variety of erotic authors in the past. But in general, the people we've talked to have come at it from a het perspective. <laughs> Today on the podcast, we're going to talk to Christian Pan about what it is to be an independent, self-published writer of erotica who identifies as a member of the LGBTQ community. And what does that look like? Christian, <laughs> thanks for being on the show. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So what, is there a big difference as a queer person entering the field writing erotica? Is that going to be significantly different than for your standard head person? I think so, yes. I think there is some um, evidence that 
trying to advertise and market your work as a self-published erotica author, there are some challenges. Statistically, advertisements by queer writers do get taken down at least a third more often than so-called mainstream or heteronormative erotica. Really? I, yeah. And it's it's often very frustrating when there's not really a clear reason why. It's just it violates some community standard, whatever that means. But there might it might not even be a photograph. It might even be an advertisement or a specific word. It might be just a drawing of two men kissing. So trying to find ways to navigate that within our um the current platforms that we have, which are constantly changing, what is acceptable and non-acceptable, mm -hmm. takes a lot of energy. And I think it's something that affects a lot of um, writers and educators of anything erotic, but especially members of the LGBTQ. Because I think anyone with that identity tends to be more of a target these days. Yeah, I, I, that's surprising to me, but it's surprising to me because I spend so much time in the queer community that I forget, you know, that, that there's people that don't approve. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's the thing is that I, I mean, I'm, I live in New York City, and so my reference point of what is, a, um, what is normal and what is just live and let live and everyone being in a dense population doing their thing, that's not something that I may experience or feel if I just drive a few hours north or west. So it mm -hmm. really depends on where we are and what we're doing. Um, and I think that context matters. Unfortunately, I think context is the first thing to go whenever we talk about anything to do with sex, sexuality, eroticism, and art and writing. Now, you've published, uh, I think at this point, four books and, if I remember correctly, 80-plus short stories and such. What resources for the LGBTQ author are out there that you could recommend? Sure. I, I think the tools that are available to any self-published writer, especially one who is in the um, queer erotic space, for writing, it's probably ones that your listeners might already be aware of. There's um, there's platforms like Medium, there's platforms like Patreon, there's platforms uh, like KDP and Amazon. I think the thing I would strongly recommend people doing is forming their own community as much as possible, separate from those platforms, to not just rely on um, those platforms doing it for you. Um, a lot of the advertising as an erotic writer are completely unavailable across all the major platforms automatically just because it's erotic. Um, so it, it will take more work than if one were writing science fiction or one was writing romance. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely a hurdle that I think a lot of folks maybe are not aware of. They think, oh, I'll, I'll write some stories, I'll publish it, uh, and just use the Facebook ads or Instagram ads, or oh, it's yeah. like, no, you really have to be extremely um, clever because all those platforms, including advertising and Amazon, are completely unavailable. Um, so you just have to be creative. You have to find other ways to build community. Yeah. You know what, Dan, I actually didn't think of that, but there's some of our books that we just don't even attempt 
to put on Facebook ads or Instagram ads or stuff like that because we know it'll be taken down or it's going to offend yeah. somebody, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think, you know, the our desires as people, regardless of our sexual identity, tends to be not very politically correct. We just want what we want and who we want and how we want it. And I think creativity and writing is a space where we can ideally explore that, but we're living in a time where what we write about is considered synonymous with endorsement so that even though I'm making up characters doing whatever they're doing mm -hmm. in a completely fictional setting, it's being treated as if it were actual people doing these acts and it's creating hysteria, even though actual people are really doing things, you know, off the page in real life, which uh, for some is considered just a big shrug. Um, it seems like the fictional space is being treated as if it's real. So then as a safeguard, because people are afraid of maybe being taken down from a platform or having their content removed from Amazon or some equivalent, then all the stories become a little bland because they're afraid of being put in the dungeon. They don't, not a good dungeon, right. but they <laughs> want to be put, in, put into a bad dungeon. So they're mm -hmm. like, oh, I got to just have everyone be in their 20s or 30s. It's always explicit, enthusiastic consent. No one is ever in any disagreement about anything ever. No one is having any drugs, any alcohol, no arguments whatsoever, which might be a fine utopian vision, but in terms of storytelling, it lacks drama and I think it's rather boring. So it's like how to find spaces to um, give room for readers to also look at different kinds of stories with different kinds of characters. So have you found any platforms to do this advertising in? Um, inquiring minds want to know, like us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think for me, it's just, it's a matter of time. I, I, my, before I started writing in this space, I, my background is in the performing arts. And I think for some, they, there's an attitude that if you want to be an actor or a dancer, you have to be in a Broadway musical or a Marvel movie or some equivalent. That's one model, but that's like 3% of the total American performance landscape. And I think there's such a range of artistry and of possibility. And I think that's true for writing erotica too. So in my experience of just over two years, um, you know, I don't make a full-time living as a writer yet, but most writers don't. And even mainstream popular writers take a few years to make a full-time living. And so I feel like, what am I writing and what am I trying to do? What what am I trying to communicate with people? What am I trying to express? Those are much more of my concerns. And I feel like they are leading to more interesting writing versus trying to um, just learn how to make quick money. Because I, I think there's other and better ways to make quick money than self-publishing erotica of any kind. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I found um, <laughs> online groups on um, Discord, particularly when there's a cross-disciplinary focus on queer erotic content creation has been wonderful. Um, I think meeting people locally 
um, where there's some kind of alignment based on identity, like other bisexual men and women in New York City, for example, or just the United States. I feel like those kinds of ways to connect with people um, has been really rewarding because it leads to conversations, best practices, networking, other opportunities. And then it just starts to branch from there over time um, rather than um, just hustling and trying to guess, well, what do people want me to write? Oh, I, I'll write that. Like, I don't, that's, maybe that works for other writers, but that's never been um, something that I do very successfully. And, and that kind of leads me into uh, my next question, which is why bother? And specifically, why bother to write erotica for the LGBTQ community when you know it's much more challenging to get it out there and to get it advertised? Uh, what, what drives you to write for that community? Well, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I felt like I was aware I was bisexual when I was 17. And I've, in that subsequent years, I feel like the, the discrimination or invalidation of my existence as a bisexual person has not really altered. I mean, I think there's been a lot of changes in terms of sex positivity and um, growth within sexual identity in general. But I feel like the same tropes and the same um, prejudice has been a pretty steady constant. And as someone who identifies as bi, I feel like I don't really see a lot of me in what I read around me or what oh, I consume yeah. in terms of art and entertainment. I feel like if you're a bi woman, it's a titillating um, heterosexual overture before the real sex begins, which means a man enters the story. Mm -hmm. But bi men are still considered um, troubled. They're not in the fully out of the closet yet. They're really gay. It doesn't really exist. And it just seems like those uh, stereotypes can continue. And if, especially now that we're in a social media era, I don't see a lot of openly bi people like me who are just over 30. I mean, I, I'm 51. So I feel like where are the middle-aged bi people who went through the AIDS crisis who are divorced, who are still, you know, who are parents, who have relationships, who are working, who go through all the stuff. I don't know. So I feel like maybe I can put that into this genre fiction because genre fiction is always, I think, an opportunity to um, push the envelope and talk about um, other things beyond what the primary genre subject is. Um, some of the best science fiction is not about laser beams, you know, some of the best... <laughs> Crime fiction is not really about cops and robbers. It's about all these other larger societal things. And I feel like why not have um, erotica deal with anything from HIV and AIDS activism to gay bashing, to biphobia, to bi erasure, to queer history. Why not put it all in there and just have the characters also have great hot sex? <laughs> um, I mean, because that's what I would want to read. I feel like I want to I read like, you know, men with men, men with women, women with men and women. Just I want it all. And I want to know what they're talking about. I want to know what their backgrounds are. And I think um, if I'm not seeing it, then I feel like that's like a clue to try and do my best to write it. So I don't know if I'll be how successful I am at it yet, but it's been two years and I, I originally thought I would just do this for like three months. So I'm just thinking like, okay, we'll just ride this 
roller coaster a little bit longer and see what happens. Very cool. And after you've described it, I want to read it too. Where can our listeners go to read your erotica? Oh, uh, I'm on Amazon. I have uh, five books there. So folks are welcome to check that out. Or you can go to my website, which is www.christianpanerotica.com. And uh, that will direct you to all of my short stories and my books and also my email. So you can just reach out and let me know and I'll be happy to send you my stuff. Fantastic. Christian, thank you for being on the podcast tonight. Thank you so much to both of you. Bye, Don. Bye, Dan.